Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Hello, everybody. Today is May 11th, 2023. Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. And today I'm not alone in the studio. Uh, you know, from time to time, I have a guest who is a professional in a certain part of the architecture and design process. And today I have my friend Veronica Montilla with me. We've already worked on a project together, but we're also friends. And so her expertise in interiors, I thought, would be a great addition to that topic for today. Veronica, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself to kick things off? Yeah. Hi, and thank you. Well, speaking specifically about an interest in interiors, when you asked me to do this interview, I started thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back partially to a childhood experience, just being exposed to some talented designers and their homes early in my childhood. But also I can think of a class in high school here in Winter Park, Winter oh, Park wow. High School. <laughs> it was called, I think, Home Decor and Design or something like that. And the the teacher was just a very kind, I think, creative person who was developing the curriculum. And, and that was a lot of fun. Anything related to design just kind of instantly grabbed on I grabbed on to um, and actually through the high school I was able to have an internship summer internship with a professional interior designer while you were in high school while I was in high school oh wow really cool program I don't know if they still have it yeah. but those two things were kind of what set a path and then I decided to go to interior design school or design training and I ended up working at a firm here in town that at the time focused mostly on hospitality and eventually that kind of led to hospitality inspired healthcare work mm -hmm. and some commercial work and then also some theme park work. Very cool. So yeah. man, a couple of things you said that I didn't know that stood out to me was the experience at like a young age. You said you went to designer's house or their studio or Yeah. Okay. So my mom actually worked for an interior designer in Los Angeles. Okay. My family used to live there. And they just had a, a beautiful home. The person's name was R. Paul Berry. And I believe he was a Xerox executive and then kind of decided to go into perhaps he did interior design as a hobby and then decided to do it professionally. I mean just their home was was like a Spanish revival from the 1920s. They restored it. It was just a beautiful home, very inspirational. It's kind of cemented into yeah. my memory. I think that's cool because just what stood out to me is like you had an early experience that like put a, a vision in your mind. And so when I think about my clients, a lot of them are having kids. Usually there's like the two main things that I experience people are wanting a custom home is having a kid or retiring. Those are like mm. the two most common clients. They're all over the board, but that's probably the, those two make up 50%, let's say. Mm -hmm. And there's, then everything else is in there. But providing us, you went in tons of homes probably, but you were inspired by mm -hmm. a, one that was custom designed by this interior designer and it inspires your life. And I, that's what I 
hope for people is that like they're going to have a sense of wonder by going through an experience of doing a custom home or if you know i work with a lot of entrepreneurs too like the project we were working on together was called the open house you know and it's like this house of worship or house of gathering for the community too and there's just kind of like space for kids and just like growing up and being fascinated with life so i like that you talked about that the other thing that was interesting is the education when you were in school do you remember what any of the assignments were back in in high school that early yeah yeah one of them was to build a model home oh really but there was no architecture to it it was all interior uh-huh. so it was you know full scale not full scale but a yeah. scaled a model a physical home. model physical model oh that's with cool. finishes and uh-huh. like you had to pick a wall covering yeah. and if it there was artwork you place the artwork mm-hmm. and that was it's like a little tabletop and it ended up being pretty big did you do your own or like each yeah. person had to do one? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. that's cool. That's my favorite part about designing. I still do a model for every project. When I worked for other people, we never did physical models, but I always liked building a physical thing because then I can like look at it and yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I can see the whole thing at one time. Okay. So just thinking about like you got inspired for interiors from like an experience going somewhere and today we're talking about other people that have had a similar experience. Maybe they're not going into design, but somebody who thinks that having a custom house newly built just for their lifestyle is like that's what they need for their family or for their life. They think that's the right thing. When somebody wants to start a interiors project, but it's new construction, what is the jump off point that you think should be for the interiors part of the project. From my training and experience, mm-hmm. I think it's helpful for the interior designer to be part of the project team from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, if the home is oriented to a specific view or sightline, mm-hmm. it's important to hear that, even if your input doesn't happen until a lot later. It's important for the interior designer to know that because perhaps all the furniture wants to be oriented to that view as well. Like that's just a small example, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt to have the designer there listening to even a site walk is you can be inspired by plants and and views and Mm -hmm. sort of the biophilic inspiration. So for my training, the sooner Mm -hmm. the better. Yeah. Justin, which is one of our friends, I was working on additional dwelling unit for them and their neighbor started building a house with somebody else at the same time. And I don't do, I don't know if you know, know about this, but like they started the house, then they hadn't hired the interior designer. Mm. This is a new, a new ground up house. And I noticed it had stopped for a few months. And I was like, Uh-oh. I was like, what happened, Justin? He was mm-hmm. like, well, they decided to hire the interior designer like after they already had the slab port. And they came up with all these ideas, like you said, like views from like sitting on the couch or something that wasn't incorporated into the design. Yeah. So they like redesigned the whole thing, but they they kept most of the slab. I don't think I saw them cut up any of it, but they redid a ton of the layout because I think it was smart. They wanted a specific thing and they went for it, but maybe they would have not had that delay or something had they understood that you can integrate the whole process from the beginning. I think that's can be quite common because you have 
trainings or you have a team built of people who are kind of trained to look at things from certain perspectives Mm -hmm. and in interiors you're you know you don't have to concern yourself with the structure and the envelope Mm -hmm. and the sort of like everything that holds the building up yeah but you can go inward a little bit and Mm -hmm. kind of get into some more details about especially for someone's home it's how it functions you know if someone loves to cook they're they're gonna have you know might have very particular way they do things so it's it's an opportunity to get into that level of detail Mm -hmm. so that's another thing i uh, i think of so you mentioned like there's like the detail of the function that the person wants and what is a a way to go about discovering those things like is there any steps you use to discover like how is this room going to be used yeah many times a deep dive interview, uh-huh. but also designers of all types can mm-hmm. use imagery to mm-hmm. try to, okay. you know, get a yay or nay. It's like mm-hmm. in um, just as a f- sort of funny joke in past teams, we used to use the expression, does this hurt your feelings? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like so it was that. like, oh. if this didn't hurt your feelings, perhaps you could move on. But if, you know, you had a really <laughs> yeah, weird yeah. reaction to something, then it was like, okay, well, let's move away from that, you know, yeah. concept. So I, I can't remember the word right now. It's escaping me. But like, is it like the boiler test plate method or something like like uh, you like test different things to see what reaction you get yeah. from somebody? Yeah, I, I like that because it's like you want to try to filter through as many reactions as possible to find the right one. Or at least, you know, if you narrow it down, keep narrowing it down until you make a selection. One of the things I always try to touch on every episode is. I do like an analysis at the beginning of a project and I call it the DNA. So mm-hmm. after you've done enough information, you understand like what the big concept is for the the home. And sometimes it can be something as simple as like they love gathering and the kitchen is the center of the home. Sometimes it can be that they want to have everything private, like everybody's got their own space. That's the big concept for the home. And that helps guide decisions big scale and small scale. And so using words or images in a repetition, I think is a, is a cool way to do that. So I like that you said that, you know, I feel like for a home, it should do something for you or like your project at the end of it. And I'm always trying to think of questions to ask people to help draw that out. Or is there any questions that you like to ask people at all or that you... Or responses yeah. you've got from people that are telling. Yeah. A helpful question has been to have people sort of role play and say, okay, you know, if you're in a space and a mock-up space, mm-hmm. you you can ha- actually have them walk through. But yeah. if not, just sort of close your eyes and walk me through like the perfect day or the perfect day at the perfect home and just <laughs> open up your ears yeah. to listen to what mm-hmm. perhaps they're they're saying. I like that. To me, that can lead to like what the space should do because if you if they can get into the relaxed mode of being able to walk through what their routine is like it's funny because i think you could even say walk through your current routine and then what you imagine it be and you can discover what you know what's not working yeah that's a good problem solving technique I, i like that too we kind of went over this already just saying like it's good to be there at the beginning of the of the project because you can get, I think you said biophilic inspiration, mm-hmm. and stuff, which I love. I think it's so important for everything to be kind of like a 
bio nature inspired <laughs> yeah, yeah what, I was, what was i gonna say a microcosm <laughs> like its own entity like, yeah like it's an organism that's what i was trying to say but in a project what are like the steps and i think maybe like i could ask like what are the deliverables that you get like during an interior project from somebody they are probably very similar to architectural deliverables mm -hmm. so perhaps it's a concept package mm -hmm. with imagery mm -hmm. A detailed program, which is just a list of kind of like a recipe, a list of ingredients okay. that are must haves. And then from there, just a further development of that. So schematic design would be plan sketches, hand mm -hmm. sketches, some renderings, if that's highly recommend that. Yeah. Even, like, even if it's yeah. an additional cost, yeah. because part of the design process is filtering through language. So mm -hmm. what, what you mean by open and what I think of as open might yeah. be two different things. Sure. And you just always see things that it's impossible to see in a flat, you know, plan view. Mm -hmm. You said something that was real important that you're a word that means something to your client or the designer or one of the members of the family may say something like the kids might think, hey, we want this or this one spouse might say something like that. So using all those techniques you said can help filter through what those words actually mean. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes with anything, you know, like legal stuff gets really into like what the exact definition is. And sometimes when it's somebody saying the emotion they want to have, well, I always talk about this because like to me, warm, I love concrete. I feel like it's warm because it's so natural and there's so much texture in it. And then like my wife, you know, Loretta is like, no, it's not, you know, to me, it's like, fabric or wood and stuff like that and uh it means totally different yeah. different things to people yes so it's like well you said open and then a sketch or some other further clarification with images of what open means in this context that's that's really good too we were working with a client who a hospitality client who mm -hmm. was kind of developing a brand so they had one property but they had plans to kind of scale very quickly mm -hmm. and their branding was very aspirational lifestyle, South Florida. Mm -hmm. And that was from a design team standpoint. If someone has an established brand, that's a really good, can set the, the path very mm -hmm. easily. The client specifically told us, don't ignore our branded colors, ignore uh -huh. all of this. We don't want to limit you. Uh -huh. And one of the first questions you ask is, do you have a budget? No, we don't. We don't want to cloud your creativity with a budget because <laughs> <laughs> budget is a very real thing. Yeah. So... The property was here in Orlando, very mm -hmm. close to the theme park. So we came up with a fun concept that was very kind of had a lot of elements that were multicolored, almost not like a rainbow, but just multicolored. Mm -hmm. And they're discovering themselves as well. You said something that's 100% important is knowing at least your target budget from the beginning. A lot of times people will increase their budget because they realize they want more. That's like the most common thing is they're like, we want this. And it's like, okay, you want to pull two, need to add this, or you want, I have one a house with a 12-car garage that I'm working on, and it's like, that's like, now there's lifts inside of it too. And uh, I do like to, maybe it's because I have it in the head of my back of my head, know what the budget is, but to get ideas, it's just anything goes, and then you figure out what the ideas are. One of my favorite examples, and I've, I have talked about this before, is in Brasilia, Oscar Niemeyer did like the Congress building. Like there's the big cathedral, there's the um, 
the Capitol building, and then there's like the Congress building. There's tons of buildings there. But anyway, one of them he designed with this like snake pattern with like the same spacing from the columns. Well, it was too expensive, but he did the 2D architectural drawings and that snake pattern, because it was curved, the column spacing and the elevation appeared to change. So he was like, wait a minute, I'll just make it a rectangle building and I'll change the spacing of the columns. So you still get that like wave effect. And that's what they did. And I thought that was such a cool way to like, oh crap, I don't have enough money to do the first thing, but this is also really awesome. And but just having no budget is it puts you into like la la land. And yeah. so you kind of want to. It will eventually work against. Yeah. The project. You want to responsibly yeah. ignore it for whatever thing you're doing for the time, but always have it in the back of your mind, I think is like is good. Just while while we're discussing this, mm-hmm. I can think of setting a budget as almost being something that can allow the design to to be more free because mm-hmm. then they're dealing with reality. Yeah. And I personally mm-hmm. like challenges. Yeah, I like yeah, figuring exactly. it out. That's... So it's like if you have a $10 budget, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what can we do with $10? Like yeah. let's blow it out of the water with yeah, $10. Like, this is what you want. So that's like the third part of the architectural DNA, which I would equate to any design DNA. I mm-hmm. mean, it can be any, but I, I use it for, I say architecture most of the time, but as money is like the effect. So you have like what you want, where you're going to put it, and then money, the building code. I think the project we were working on, you were like dealing with like the flame spread or something like that of the fabric has to, you know, be a certain type. You can't just pick any carpet or or any wall covering. Those are effects that influence the design, but it pushes you. I like what you said. You like, I think you said you like, like the challenge yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. So it's good for your, I think the clients get something better when the designer has that challenge to to work out with the with the proper parameters. Yes. And that's a um, that's something for the listener, you know, if you're doing your custom home, I have had people say, oh, I don't really have a budget. I just have this size and I'm sure I'll figure it out. But you want to pick something and it's better if you've talked to a bank and understand your finances so you know what's real or you know what you need to be able to get. Maybe another family member gives you money or something like that to help complete your project. Then you can move forward quicker and and make better decisions. So I just want to say thank you to Veronica for talking through interiors with me on your custom home. Don't be afraid if there's like I think you mentioned the cooktop or the stove or something like that. Like maybe that one piece of your home is important to you. So when you start your home, express that to the design team of where you want the house to grow out of. And that will also provide more integration of the design because it is all one thing. I think I struggled to find the word organism earlier, but it is a, a functioning organism that, you know, landscape, interiors, architecture, the building systems, all that should be integrated. Veronica, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best place to get in contact with you. LinkedIn. Okay. And is it just Veronica Montilla? Yes. M-O-N-T-I-L-L-A. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. I especially enjoyed hearing about some of the, your background that I didn't know about. It will probably play in the closeout, but if you're interested in starting a custom home, please go to ca-rd.com. Click on book a consultation. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.